following contains coarse language and mature subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. Cause baby, now we got dad bods. You know we used to feel like slobs. But take a look what I've got. These ladies all about dad bods. Today we play golf. Be the ball, Danny. You're not being the ball, Danny. One putt and get that par. Nice and steady now. Make it roll and seek the hole. Ben, he's in jail here. No chance for parole. In fact, the only thing he's got, he's got to hit the ball back in the fairway. Try to pitch the ball on the green and get up and down first par. He's got no chance to hit it on the green. 50 bucks says I knock it on from here with a 7-iron. On the green? Right on the green. You got it. Marshall, you want to move these people back right here? I'm going right there. McCord, what's he got? What's he, what's he doing? Ben, I think he's going to try the old ricochet off the portalette with a hooded 7-iron. He is. He's going to hit it right off the shooter. I cannot believe he's about to hit this shot. Okay, VT1, record. Fun record. Put record this shot. His third shot at the second hole, between the trees, off a water closet, toilet or loo as you might call it, and got it on the green somehow in three. Dad Bob Movie Pod, episode 15. Supposed to be Happy Gilmore, my normal co-host, Levy, went down to the river, in a van probably, who knows, and uh, lost his voice, so we weren't able to do Happy Gilmore. But we got the next best thing. Next best thing. We got Jay Soderberg here. We're gonna talk some golf movies. Jay, say hello. How we doing, guys? Big time listener. Now excited to be part of the pod. Podcast debut. Uh, this let's let's just straighten this out right now. This podcast is not about Jay putting from the rough. It's not about any of his exploits. But mostly because this pod needs to last more than two minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna go through. Uh, we're gonna go through and talk some golf movies here. When we were going through looking at golf movies, there's not as many golf movies as you would think. There's some really good ones, but there's not a ton. So instead of like a top five like we would normally do, we're gonna go top three. Three. Jay, why don't you start us off with your number three? All right. So I had a couple here that went back and forth on, but number three for me is gonna be Tin Cup, uh, nineteen ninety six. Actors in there, Kevin Costner, Rene Russo, Don Johnson, Cheech Martin. And so kind of the basis is Kevin Costner has a fatal flaw. It is he can't really ever turn down a challenge. And so he tries to qualify for the United States Open to prove his longtime rival um, wrong, that he can go out there and beat him. And along the way, he learns that his 
girlfriend of his rival is one of his former loves. And so kind of just eats at him until he tries to take him down in the U.S. Open. Culminates to the 18th hole of the U.S. Open where he's winning. And that fatal flaw comes out again where he ends up putting seven of them into the water. Um, just just to show that he's not scared of it. He won't let the moment define him. Yeah. Uh, David Sims, played by Don Johnson. Uh, it's kind of funny. Throughout the whole movie, uh, Kevin Costner's character, Roy McAvoy, uh, him and all his friends are like, I can't, they're talking about Molly Griswold, who's Rene Russo's character. And they're like, I can't believe you like that guy. He's mean, he's mean to old people. He hates kids and he hates pet. He hates dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and like, she can't, she can't ever believe it. But then there's a moment where he does like a TV interview. Oh, I'm not even sure what, which golf tournament it's at, but it might, is it? Nah, it's not that one. He comes off in this, this, this old couple that have their grandson with them and a dog. They're like, Mr. Mr. Sims, would you sign an autograph? He's like, can't you see that I'm working here? He's like, and he says something about the kid. He's like, God, I hate kids. And then he's like, they have a dog on the leash. And he's like, that dog's ugly as hell too. <laughs> and in that moment, Renee Russo, because she just thought that Kevin Costner was just being a jackass the whole time, that she kind of figures out all at that moment that David Sims is kind of a piece of shit. Um, yeah, the fatal flaw. He can't. Well, and he can't play it safe either. That's no, the kicker. No. Is like, he's he's winning. Um, he loses. He loses a, a a bunch of bets too because uh, he just refuses to play it safe. And the to qualify to go to the open, uh, he's playing and he breaks all of his clubs because Romeo, played by Cheech Marin, uh, says something about playing it safe. He's like, "No, give me the big dog. I know I can do it." And uh, they they kind of have that fight, and so Romeo breaks the club over his knee and throws it down, and Kevin Costner goes ahead and breaks the rest, and all that's left is a seven, so he pars the course with the seven. Yeah, he, he keeps grabbing clubs. Um, oh, chili dipped the wedge, snaps that in half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, slice that one, breaks yeah. that club, and he just kind of goes through the whole bag, just destroys them all. And it's, I don't know, it's really funny. The whole the whole thing is funny because, like, the circumstances, he's a, he's a driving range pro. He yep. owns just yep. a shittiest driving range out, out in texas yeah, yeah. out in the salome because it's like salami but it's salome uh and uh molly griswold dr molly griswold comes for golf lessons and right away he he is like super attracted to her and then he ends up finding out yeah that david sims is is who she's dating and mm-hmm. it eats at him and eats at him and then he talks about and then he has the great idea with Romeo. he's like because she's a therapist he's like I'm going to go see her. He's like, I don't think you should do that, Roy. <laughs> and he goes in and he's like, what would you do if the girl that you love was in love with some complete asshat that was all wrong for her? And he doesn't know that he's talking, he's referring to her. And it's, it's a pretty comical. Yeah. Pretty comical there. Uh, what's your favorite part of the movie? Uh, I think my favorite part is when he's out on the driving range and he's so nervous for these, his first round. He gets to the driving range and he is absolutely just shanking balls left and right, um, just scooting them right down the range. And everybody <laughs> kind of stops and looks over. And if you've ever been on a driving range before, you know, you're all kind of lined up. There's really no place to hide. And so Romeo gives him advice, um, you know, has him put all his change in his other pocket, <laughs> has him untie his left shoe, double, has, double yeah, shoe yeah. has him take off his hat and, you know, fix it, adjust it, turn it backwards. And, you know, finally he figures out, okay, you know, I'm not worried about my golf swing. He's like, I look like an absolute moron out here. And he finally starts hitting the golf ball. But one of my favorite part about that one is the very first one that he shanks. Well, like the night before they're hitting and he's shanking everything. 
and he gets there, he's like, all right, they're gone. And he starts off and he hits the one down the road. I think it hits somebody in the foot. And he walks down. He's like, who hit that? Who hit that? And he's like trying to play it off like it wasn't him. Uh, my my favorite part, there's two. I mean, there's obviously the scene where he has a chance to win. But instead, he he hits him. He hits the... Well, he hits it down to his last ball. I remember Romeo yeah. saying, this is your last ball. This, like, this is it, Roy. If you, can't, if you can't finish with this ball, we can't put a score down. Uh, that's obviously a really fun scene to watch. But uh, the one that I like is where he is playing a one-on-one for cash, I think, to go get his clubs at a hawk. Yeah. And hey. he's got, like, a shovel. Oh, yeah, he's a, got, like... Or, like, a, a spade, a rake, uh, a baseball bat. Yeah, he's got a bat in yeah, there, yep. Yeah, that's... And it's... I mean, obviously, Kevin Costner is pretty athletic, uh, he had maybe, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had a minor career in some semi-pro baseball maybe back in the day. He's got a bunch of baseball movies. Yeah, so. I, he was, I think he was a pretty, if I'm not mistaken, he was a pretty talented baseball player. Uh, and so it was kind of interesting to see him like whip out the baseball bat and just hit a, I mean, hit a golf ball, which can't be super easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for, I'm trying to think if it, outside of Happy Gilmore, this might be the first golf movie that I remember seeing. It's right up there. Yeah, and it, this would have been one that I probably would have watched at a young age. And I said, I know you're going to ask me when the first time I saw these movies, and I, I'm going to tell you I have no idea. But, yeah, definitely one from... Probably shouldn't have, young Jay. This yeah, no, this, this rate, one... Rated R. Yeah. There is a scene where our his ex, ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, is a stripper at the strip club, yeah. and they go in, and yep, and we see a bunch of topless dancers, yeah. Um, first time I saw Tin Cup... Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I definitely know we rented it from the movie store. I know that much. I'm going to say it came out in 1986. I bet I saw it in 1997. And it was just a... And actually, you know what? I don't think... I, I know I didn't rent it, and I know my brother didn't rent it. I bet mom rented it. My dad doesn't watch movies. I bet my mom rented it. So I do remember seeing parts of it. And Don Johnson, good actor, but he's such a smug son of a bitch oh, in this is. movie. He's, oh, he is. It's, it's hard to... You really want to see him fail. Also, another one that I like in there is uh, when she there's the bet to knock the pelican off the the perch when mm-hmm. they got to hit it through the through the French doors in the clubhouse. I really like that one. That's a good. One. And that that actually is one of my favorite quotes. Uh, and and Gary McCord is in the movie. He's actually a golf commentator, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and so they call into him and say, McCord, what's he got? What 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 is he doing? And McCord is over there. And he goes, I think he's going to try the old ricochet off the portalette with a hooded seven iron. <laughs> That's it. He's going to hit it right off the shitter. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So my number three, my number three would have to be uh, the greatest game ever played. I'd like to put this one a little bit higher. You know, there's part of me that uh, I wasn't real sure that if I should put it at number one. Um and the reason that I didn't put it higher is because although it's a really good movie, I'm not sure how many times I've seen it. And and this is one I've seen a bunch of times. And this this was going to be on my list. It it fell just short. Uh, you know, it's going to be on my best of the rest. But this is a fantastic story, and it's it, it's based off a true story. Uh, Francis, we met, um, actually won the U.S. Open. At that time, and he was, uh, man, I want to say maybe 12, 13 years old. I mean, 20. he, he 20, was 20, 20, sorry. And he was playing against his idol, Harry Harden. 
No, was it in the early 1900s? I'm trying to uh, think. 1913. That's when it, okay, yeah. 1913 is what came to mind, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this movie, this is one that I caught. It's 2005. It's got Shia LaBeouf. Get my LaBeouf on. Oh, yeah. Can't, can't pass up on some LaBeouf. Uh, but here's the, here's the strange one. Directed by Bill Paxton. So, we're calling back right back to Twister here. Uh, I had no idea this was directed by Bill Paxton. Uh, I know right before his his unfortunate passing uh, that he was starting to get behind the camera quite a bit more, and that's why we weren't seeing him on screen as much. But I had no idea that he had directed not only uh, this movie, but uh, a movie uh, kind of of this magnitude. This is a, a Disney film, if I'm not mistaken. Is it not? I believe, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it is a Disney movie. Um, the first time I saw this... I'm going to say 2007 and I, it was one of those movies that was on the cable on the cable when we got the free movie channels. Mm -hmm. I saw it on there and I don't know how I stumbled on it, but I did. Uh, and obviously right away when you see LaBeouf, you're like, all right, I'll give a shot. And it was really good. Really, really good. So it is, it, yeah, it's one of my all time favorites. You know, he's got his caddy who's maybe about (laughs) nine years old. You know, the bag is about bigger than he is, toting it around out there. Well, and, and he's just such a, the caddy's like such a hard-ass shit-talker. Too. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's fantastic. And he's yeah. about four foot one and yeah. 140 pounds. And yeah, it's just a, a, a fantastic. And this kind of, I don't know how far back into Shia LaBeouf's career this was, but it seemed, you know, this in between early. Holes and Transformers, you know, this is kind of yeah. maybe a big kind of a stepping stone for him. It was him, right but. there around Transformers. I don't have that date on hand, but I saw Transformers in theaters and i was oh, i was still a sophomore in, yeah i was i was in high school I so it's, that'd, be, that'd be close yeah um favorite scene is i think when it comes it comes down to it's like a three a th- uh, it's not a three-way tie obviously but it's coming down to uh francis we met uh harry varden and then um teddy ray the mm-hmm. big the big guy yep and uh and actually, on Teddy Ray, he was not nearly that big either. He wasn't that big. No, okay. he was not that big of a guy. Uh, when he hits the uh, he hits the tree. Do you remember that one where it kind of takes him out? Yep. And he's like, "Well, it's yours." Yeah, kind of. Yeah, tip of the cap, and he steps out, and it's I don't know. It was it was just kind of cool because uh, there's you know obviously I don't know a lot about golf. I don't know that anybody would know a lot about 1913 golf, but uh, the the tone is set that it's. Harry and and uh, Ted's match to win comes down to them, and then the kid comes in, and then he ends up and and Ted Ray, as you, we just said in the movie, uh, is kind of a big burly guy, can hit the ball a country mile, and uh, the kid comes in and, and ends up finessing him out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's a little bit about Harry Varden. So on the PGA Tour, the Varden Trophy is actually given to the leader of the scoring average. So it's been given ever since 1937 to the PGA. Um, leader in scoring average, the lowest score on the year. So, kind of a little fact there for there you. There you go. Two. Uh, number two, Jay. Number two. My number two is Happy Gilmore. Um, you know, and I, I almost went with two different categories of serious golf movies and non-serious golf movies. You know, the the comedies. Uh, but 1996, Adam Sandler, Christopher McDonald, Julie, Bo- Julie Bowen, Carl Weathers. Um, just an absolutely fantastic movie. As I was telling Chase, one of those movies, I think I could probably throw 50 quotes at you. Uh, <laughs> you. You could dang your quote the whole thing, as they always say. But, I mean, it's just got so many memorable moments. 
Um, it, it's just one of those movies that's it goes right along the lines with Billy Madison. Same type of thing with with Adam Sandler. Right, and this is one that uh, we'll we'll brush on here, but you're gonna get a lot more of it next week whenever I get a whole levy and we get that recorded. So Happy Gilmore is about a hockey player who can't play hockey. I mean, yeah, he's a failed hockey yeah. player. He's best known, I guess, for trying to stab somebody, <laughs> taking a skate off and trying to stab somebody. I was the only one that ever tried to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Led the league in penalty minutes, and the uh, only guy to try to stab somebody with my skate. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, he's got a, a pretty good shot. Uh, he when he's in the tryout, he he has that slap shot, and it uh, busts the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then he ends up uh, ha- he ends up having to. Uh, his grandmother's house is in jeopardy because yep. his grandmother raised him, and he ends up he's on a golf on a driving range, uh, just like winning bets. He's like, watch this one go over the highway. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> just picking up petty cash. Right, right. and so uh, Carl Weathers Chubbs sees him and was like, I can work with this, and is like, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and try this. Let's go ahead and try this. Uh, and then it's it's just funny from there because yes, obviously he has to qualify. Yeah. So, uh, he he beats up his caddy. Yeah, and I said my favorite part of yeah is, is the caddy's out there and he, he's leaving crackers down as his ball mark. I was talking about the first one. Remember the like the albino looking kid? Oh yeah, the, yeah, the young to, the young kid. Yeah, he comes to grab his bag and he like tackles. So he's like, "Where are you going with those clubs?" Like, I'm your caddy, Mister Gilmore. Uh, yeah, but uh, one of my one of my favorite quotes, and I use this I use this one. Oh man, I might use this one weekly. Uh, is where he's like, what do you think? Slightly downhill, slanting to the left. No, it only seems that way because he's got one shoe on. And it pans down and he's ba- <laughs> one, one foot is barefoot. Oh, God. Uh, good stuff. Uh, favorite part of the movie, Jay? Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with the scene with Bob Barker mm. where they get in the absolute brawl. Uh, so Happy is playing absolutely terrible. He's now kind of famous on tour, and so they kind of play a celebrity program, and he gets... Uh, with Bob Barker as as a partner, and then Schumer Gavin pays a crowd member to come out there and yell "jackass." <laughs> hey Gilmore, you jackass! Every time he's about ready to hit. So I mean, Happy is just playing terrible. They get to one of the greens, and Bob Barker goes, "You might be the worst professional golfer I have ever played with." And so you know, they they get into this fist fight, and you know, one of my my favorite lines is, um, you know. The price is wrong, bitch. And knocks <laughs> knocks Bob Barker dang near out. All of a sudden, he kind of revives himself and comes up and just... Like chokes him. Yeah, chokes <laughs> chokes Abby Gilmore. They, they're tumbling through the bunker into the pond where Bob Barker finally puts him down. And he's like, maybe you've had enough. No, now you've had enough. And he like kicks him in the face with the golf spikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's walking away. It's the bitch. Yeah. Well, uh, Trying to think, you know what's funny is there's obviously, like you said, there's a lot of uh, really funny parts about that movie. Uh, I had to hit, I had to hit it off Frankenstein's fat foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, play it as it lies, play it as it lies. That one always makes me laugh, and he's like, uh, you gonna try and reach the green from here? No, that would be impossible. Shooting McGavin or uh, Happy Gilmore accomplished that feat no more than an hour ago, mm-hmm. and he turns around. He's like, well, that's great. And he's like, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, he's got the nail sticking out of uh-huh. his head. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite ones, this has absolutely nothing to do with golf is in the beginning, he's happy. Gabor is with his girlfriend, uh, and they're having up, <laughs> they're having a fight and he's like, 
He's like, yeah. She's like kindergarten. She's like, yeah. I've seen those p- finger paintings you bring home, and they suck. <laughs> and he, and uh, he's like talking on the intercom down to the the street. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean any of those things. <laughs> and he's like starts singing. He's like, I wanna touch you all over, over and again. And then he starts like like making out with the intercom mm-hmm. and breathing heavy. And all of a sudden, the door opens. And he thinks it's her, and it's this old Asian lady. <laughs> and, and he's like, hi. And then it cuts to the next morning. He wakes up, and he's late. And she's wearing his shirt. And she's like, you want breakfast? <laughs> oh, that one that one makes me die laughing. That, and then the other one is the putt-putt. When they go to the putt-putt, and he's yeah. just like, you're going to die, clown! Oh, yeah. So many yeah. times in, in real golf, how many of these sayings that we've said, you know, you can't make a putt. Why don't you go home, ball? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Right, right. Uh, and, and one of my favorite, you know, this would be my bring in the heat guy would be Ben Stiller. Mm-hmm. He's uncredited in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but he is absolutely fantastic. And two of my favorite quotes, I just have to share those. Uh, but good news, everybody. We're extending arts and crafts time by four hours today. My fingers hurt. What's that? My fingers hurt. Oh, well, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. I've said that one on multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah, just, I mean, there's another one, and then the air conditioner falls on the lady as, <laughs> as Adam Sandler's walking in. The Mista Mista lady. Yeah, Mista Mista, can you help me? <laughs> and, yeah, sir, can I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? It helps me go to sleep. Well, you can trouble me for a glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> uh, you know, you're in my world now, Grandma. <laughs> so just, I mean, Ben Stiller might be my favorite person and, in the whole and movie. And then the first time that Happy comes to visit... She's talking to him, and you can see him, like, through some windows or something, and he's, like, motioning to her, like... Oh, yeah, just give her the... The, you know. the finger across the throat, he's like... Ah. Uh, and then, oh, there's also uh, where he is talking to Shooter, and Shooter's like, I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat shit for breakfast? <laughs> just the back and forth with Shooter. Oh, yeah. And then just Shooter in himself, I mean... The character of Shooter is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, absolutely. Christopher ridiculous. McDonald absolutely kills yeah. it. And I was, and I was reading a little bit about it that he was he didn't really want to take another, you know, to be the bad guy in a movie. And as he started working through the script with Adam Sandler, he's like, I absolutely have to do this. It's a right. comedy, you know. And to this day on Twitter, you'll see there's I don't know there's yeah. a Shooter McGavin account. But we'll tweet funny things out still about the movie. Yeah, we just hit 25th anniversary. Yep. And yeah. so, I mean, absolutely fantastic. Well, he would have been absolutely, he would have been absolutely stupid not to take that because that was Sandler at the peak of his power. Oh, that was, yeah. That's as best as yeah. Adam Sandler was going to yeah. get. That that run that he has right there of uh, like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, uh, Big Daddy, Mr. Deeds, like those right in a row. I mean, oh, yeah. could do no wrong. No. So, my number two. Would have to be Caddyshack. Yeah, and that that was another one. I said that was going to be it's, right up there. It's really hard. Okay, so it, it it's really hard because with it's really hard because when you're talking golf movies, like I wanted to, I really wanted to have more serious, more serious movies. But uh, if we're just going by like movies that I've seen the most and movies that I that I enjoy the most, I'm, it's got to be. It's got to be cat. I mean, Caddyshack is two, and I, I almost feels blas- blasphemous putting that two. Honestly, um, the first time I saw Caddyshack, I saw it actually late, late, late. I think I was, 
I think I was maybe 12 or 13. So it was a really good age to see it. Yeah. It was a yeah, really good I, age to see it, it yeah. because I, you, when you see, we've talked about this a lot in past episodes. There's a lot of times where you see movies like this and you, and you're so young that, uh, stuff just goes over your head. Uh, and I was, you know, you're right at the age where you can kind of catch a lot of that stuff. Yeah, so you're starting to pick up on some of the adult humor. Right. And so Caddyshack is about, is it, is it Bushwood? Yeah. Bushwood Country Club, which is supposed to be like very socially elite. Um, and you have, uh, Ty Webb, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Ty Webb, who's she- uh, Chevy Chase. Uh, he's kind of, um. I don't know if golf pro is uh, golf pro. Yeah, I mean he's, he's kind of a fuck up. Yeah, he is. I mean uh, he kind of he's kind of skating by on on his good looks right, and charm. Right. Uh, he's kind of on the cusp because he is. I think he's wealthy. We get the impression that he's independently wealthy, but yeah. we don't ever really know how. No, we don't. No, there's so not he, a whole lot he, of backstory. He has him. the wealth, but he doesn't act like the socially the social elite um, like Ted Knight, who plays Judge Smales. Uh, who's just a complete asshole this entire movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so the the movie is essentially based around, uh, I suppose, God, it's hard to narrow it down, Danny, I guess. Yeah. It's about Danny, who is a caddy uh, at the country club, and he wants to, he's aspiring to do more. He wants to go to college. Uh, he's kind of a poor kid, um, and he wants to get the caddy scholarship and this and that, and... He's basically kissing a lot of ass, specifically Judge Smales, and uh, he he interacts with all these different people mm-hmm. out on the course, um, one of whom is Ty Webb. And, yeah. And Ty Webb is kind of trying to tell him that, like, it's great that you want to go to college, but also, like, college isn't everything. Um, and then you get Judge Smales, who's like, if you're not one the one percenter, you're like, you're, you're just you're dog, nothing. You're just dog shit. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Eventually, what ends up happening is we get introduced to um, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, uh, Al, Al Cervic, uh, and he he's another one kind of like Ty Webb, who is very wealthy oh, but yeah. does not act like he's socially elite. Yeah, no, uh, he, and he is not the kind of people that we want at Bushwood. No, he is driving his you know his car onto the first tee. He's got music cranking from his from his golf bag. Yeah, he's hitting buttons. Clubs are popping uh, out. They're all dancing on the tee a, box. He's got a keg. Yeah, he's got a keg. Yeah, he, he pours <laughs> it, one right out of like his driver out there. <laughs> and I think that if I'm not mistaken, the first time that we're introduced to him, he goes into the pro shop and he's like. I wouldn't be dead in that in that sweater. And he turns around and smells as and he's like, "No, it looks good on you, though." <laughs> <laughs> and there's just there's just so many good there's so many good one liners, um, so many good ones specifically from. And we didn't even we haven't even mentioned and, Bill Murray. Yeah, but yeah, Bill Murray, the, gr- the groundskeeper, Carl, Carl Spackers, yeah. I and mean, he's the groundskeeper, and just you know you want to say he would be the socially awkward. Uh, <laughs> probably has more conversation with the gopher. Than anything else in the entire movie, kind of is you know it's World War Three for those two, as the Gopher is now taking over the golf course, and so you know he's out there, and finally you know the the final scene you get to the point where he's pretty much put dynamite all over the golf course, and he is going to blow this Gopher out of the ground, and kill so, all the Gophers. Yeah, I mean he just well if I do that I think they'll lock me up and take away the key. And I said you you definitely tell you know he's in his he's out in the. Uh, the machine shed out there. He's growing his own grass out there. He's got a special, <laughs> his special blends special out there. Blend. Um, so this movie uh, was written by Brian Doyle Murray, who is Bill Mur- one of Bill Murray's brother. Bill Murray is like one of seven or eight Catholic family. 
Um, and it was written by Brian Doyle Murray and then Harold Ramis helped as well. This movie is actually loosely based on uh, the Murrays growing up. So Danny Noonan, in his house, in the beginning, when you see him in his house, he's like one of a ton of kids. Mm. And they're all caddying. And that's what the Murrays did growing up. Uh, there was like eight boys or something like that. Seven or eight boys, something crazy. And all of them um, were caddies growing up in the in the Chicago area, somewhere around there. And so uh, the movie is very loosely based on uh, their sum- their summers spent caddying there. Um, and then Harold Ramis also directed it. If I'm not mistaken, it was his first first time directing, maybe. The film is pretty notorious though because um, two things: Bill Murray and Chevy Chase did not like each other at all. They got into a spat on Saturday Night Live, and it never really uh, got resolved. And so trying to have those, those are your two big guys in yeah. the movie and, uh, they're not in a lot of scenes together. And no, actually the no. scene, the scene that they are in together where for whatever reason, Chevy Chase has played like night golf. Yeah. And he hits one into, I believe the machine shed, which is like where Carl's living. Yeah. Uh, they actually added that because they got to the end of the movie and they're like, we don't have Bill Murray and Chevy Chase in that single scene together. And they're like, okay, so they had to, they had to whip this thing together, uh, and he kind of talks about like, <laughs> that's where he talks about like the 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 grass that he's growing, and he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting a different place, you know, you know, and he's like a total trash heap, and uh, Chevy Chase is trying to be polite, and he takes a he takes a swig of I don't even know, it's like moonshine, yeah, or something. yeah, I mean that'd be the best, and he way. like he's like. Can you open up that window? I'm just gonna just gonna hit it out. It hit it out of here. Yeah, I'm just gonna play on through. Play. <laughs> um, so, favorite part of this movie? Um, I think my favorite part of this movie is where they're playing the, the at the end of the film. It's Ty Webb and Al Cervic versus uh, um, Judge Smales and the the father, the, min- the the minister. If I'm not mistaken, I can't recall his name off the top of my head. See if I can find it real quick. Oh yeah. Or is it, oh it's maybe it's the doctor, Doctor Beeper. Yeah. I wanted I said minister as doctor, um, and they're playing for a very large sum of money. Yeah. I and I don't totally recall what the sum was, but it's it's a lot of money. But it was kind of like you know, Danny, if you play in this match, you're well, because Rod, much... Ronnie Dangerfield, he they hit a ball and it like bounces off a tree and hits him in the arm, and he's like. My arm, it's broken. And he's like swinging it all around. And oh, yeah. Dr. Bieber comes over and he goes, yes, well, I su- suppose that could be a could be a fracture. Yeah. And they're like, Chevy Chase is like, Danny, get in here. You can play this. And uh, it comes down to the final putt. Danny ends up being just a hair short. And that's right about the time that Carl decides that he's going to put dynamite in all the gopher holes and he's going to blow up the whole golf course. And uh, the ground kind of shakes and the ball falls in. Uh I mean, there's so many there's so many good parts. That part's really good, and then you can't. I mean, if we talked about Caddyshack, and we didn't mention the payday or the baby Ruth. Oh, the baby Ruth. The baby, the baby Ruth in the in the pool. In the it pool, would, it would be blasphemous. So I mean, he just goes up, smells it, kind of takes a bite. And... <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but I mean, I said I, I think you know one of the lines that always comes to mind is the bishop's out there golfing. He's having the greatest you know oh, round yeah. of his life. He can't miss. I mean, the rain is pretty much coming down sideways. And, you know, they're out. Whoever's caddying is like, you know, I don't, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come, come down for a while out there. Because he grabs Carl. <laughs> he grabs Carl. He's like, I need a caddy. You good? And he's like, 
He just drops it. He's supposed to be like watering the plants yeah. or whatever. And he just drops whatever he's doing. Yeah, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for a while. And yeah, and then he gets to the point. And he hits the shot. I think it's a hole in one. And then he gets struck by lightning right at the end there. So that, that, my, he, I my like favorite. that Carl just puts the bag down and walks away. Yeah, just that. Okay, didn't see nothing there. And then there's, I mean, there's a couple of those good. There's a couple of those good quotes from from Carl where he's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, hitting the. Uh, I don't know. Are they daffodils or, or two? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever the flowers yeah. are there. And he's like, what? What an incredible Cinderella story. The unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack at Augusta. He's on the final hole. He's about four hundred fifty-five yards away. He's gonna hit it with a two iron, I think. Well, you got a hold of that one. The crowd is standing on its feet here at Augusta. Normally reserved Augusta crowd is going wild for this young Cinderella story. He's coming out of nowhere. He's got about 350 yards left. And that, that's the part that makes me laugh. He goes 455 yards. <laughs> yeah. Just really got a hold of it. He's got 350 left. <laughs> yeah. He only hit it 100 yards. Uh, and, and it's just the, the Cinderella story out of nowhere. It's in the hole. It's in the hole. Uh, that one. And then where he's talking about, uh, where he's talking about the Dalai Lama. Uh, he talks about meeting the Dalai Lama, uh, big strike with the Lama. <laughs> and he goes, uh, uh, he hauls off and whacks one, big hit of the Lama, uh, into this 10,000 foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says? Gunga Galungula. Gunga Galungula. So he finished 18 and he's going to stiff me. I say, hey, Lama, how about, you know, a little something, you know, for the effort, you know? And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money, but when you die on your deathbed, You'll receive total consciousness. So I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, I mean, there's just so many good ones. And then, like, uh, there's the Al Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. Oh, yeah. And, and like, uh, uh, he starts playing, yeah, the music starts coming out of his, uh, out of his of, golf bag. Yeah. yeah. God. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I mean, that, and then another, there's the yeah. subplot about... The whole subplot about um, Danny Noonan knocking up the Irish girl. Yeah. I mean, it just totally gets washed away. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of forgotten about throughout the movie. Uh, and then he's Cause like... He's, he's at... Because Danny sneaks into the house and, you know, he's... He's lusting after the the niece. Yeah. Uh, the Smale's niece. Um, and then the judge walks in with his wife. And, I mean, he's kind of hidden and, you know, ducking out. Lacey. Yeah. Lacey Underall. Yeah. And I said, Danny's also got a girlfriend. I think she works at the golf course. I don't know if she works in the like the snack shop or something like that, or works in the clubhouse. Yeah. But yeah, has a girlfriend that works there as well. So, in, in all sorts of shenanigans, as you'd say. Number one, Jay. Number one. My number one is the Legend of Beggar Vance, and so this one is to me. This is. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's got it all. It's a golf movie about golf. It's, it's not a comedy. And to me, it even has a little bit deeper meaning as, as you go through, um, these characters. So it's 2000 and this one actually, it did really, really poorly in the box office and, but it had Matt Damon, Will Smith, uh, Charlize Theron, and it was directed by Robert Redford. And I want to say, you know, the budget was about eighty million, and in the box office, it only made about forty million. So it was a big time, you know, kind of a disappointment. Came um, out in November. That yeah. probably didn't help anything. But but for me, so it's about Randolph Juna. He's a World War One veteran. He comes back to Savannah during the Great Depression, um, and so uh, Charlize Theron's character, 
is going to have this big match at her dad's, you know, fancy new golf course to try to reinvigorate the area, try to get everybody moving again. And so they're going to be playing for $10,000. And so just just the part, uh, you know, Randolph Juna has, hasn't played golf, hasn't thought about it, but he's a fantastic amateur, he's won all of the tournaments in the area. And so, you know, one night he's thinking about this, he goes out to hit some balls and kind of this mysterious man kind of walks up and he goes, I, I could have killed you out there. He goes, uh, from what I was seeing right down the middle, I was, uh, I was pretty darn safe right there. And so we kind of get to meet Will Smith character there and kind of go throughout the movie. I feel bad because I, uh, and this is, makes me a bad person movie wise. Cause I, I haven't seen this movie. Uh, Jay actually lent it to me, uh, about two nights ago and I didn't get a chance to watch it before we recorded, but, um, we were kind of talking about before we started the pod though, uh, this movie being uh, a failure is kind of uh, box office wise is kind of interesting because uh, we're talking about an eight million dollar budget in the year two thousand. So you're paying Will Smith Will Smith money. Um, he's coming off of like Wow Wow West and Bad Boys and oh, yeah, you got Independence some, Day, yeah, you, uh, Men in Black. Jesus, yeah, you're paying him some serious coin, and you're also uh, you're paying uh, Matt Damon probably some pretty decent change too because. He is coming off of 1998, I believe, is Good Will Hunting, where he won an Oscar. Um, and then he kind of spins off into some other stuff. Uh, so he wasn't obviously like Born Identity Matt Damon, but he's still Matt Damon. So you're going to be giving him some pretty decent change there as well. So, yeah. um, And then, yeah, Robert Redford. I'm, I wonder, you know, um, who – I wonder if he had to put some of his own capital on the table to get this made doesn't seem like a movie that would be uh, easy to pitch. So, and is there, we, I, I asked this question while I haven't seen the film. Um, I do know a little bit about it. What is your opinion? Is, is Bagger Vance a real person or not? And I guess, you know, the more that I watch it, I feel like he's not, you know, the, the first time I thought it, it was like, Oh yeah, you know, he's a caddy. And, and he, as he, as, as the movie ends, he kind of walks away and he kind of just, fades out into nothingness does anybody does anybody else address will smith yeah well yeah because right at the end one of the rich guys is like you'll never caddy in this town again if you leave right now on the 18th hole and so he's kind of yelling at him as okay. he's walking off and he go you know he kind of gives the bag to hardy and says you got this now like you you bring him home okay okay so my number one is going to be happy Gilmore, which we already talked about um, and it's, it's just going to be happy Gilmore strictly because as far as golf movies go, that's the golf movie that I've seen the most. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, and the, I think it was the first, it had to have been the first golf movie that I was exposed to. Yeah. The masses, uh, I would say, we probably came out seen in 96. Uh, I'm the youngest of three brothers and, uh, Adam Sandler was kind of a staple in our household. I remember seeing, seeing Billy Madison pretty damn early on. So I would have seen Happy Gilmore 90... I didn't see it in theaters, but I would have saw it in 96. As soon as you were able to rent it, we, we definitely had it. Yeah. Definitely had it. Inside each and every one of us is one true authentic swing. Something we was born with. Something that's ours and ours alone. Something can't be taught to you or learned. Something got to be remembered. Over time, the world can rob us of that swing and get buried inside us under... So when we talk about the golf movies, though, Jay, if you had to pick one one of these golfers from one of these movies, which which one's your favorite? I mean, the more I watch them, I think the more I love Shooter McGavin. 
the more the, yeah the, i mean i you know i guess he is the antagonist in the movie but the more i watch and the more quotes you see of him you know it's like hey gilmore we'll meet you down on the ninth green you know 9 30 p.m tonight wear something nice <laughs> um, you know just all the way through it you know i had hit it off frankenstein's fat foot <laughs> um all the way through you know and he, he makes the putt and it's you know shoot and he gets to the you know to the end of the round and he's the only one cheering for himself. He rips the gold jacket you know and takes running. So I mean green jacket, gold jacket. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So I you know I I absolutely love you know all the the heart strings that you get from the greatest game ever played from Francis we met. You know I, I love watching Matt Damon. You know and Caddyshack's more about the laughs. But right. um, you know I think he might be my favorite. I said, you don't find it, I guess, to the dark side, but I said, I think he's my favorite. Well, and with that, too, though, um, when he, is it the first, the first tournament where Happy is on, is on the tour, and he's going to tee off, and obviously Happy brings a unique crowd to the game of golf, and they're very loud, and there's like a beach ball, Mm -hmm. and he's like swinging at it, and pops, he's like, this is golf, damn it! Yeah, he takes his putter and finally... Gets it, stomps on it with his cleats. And... This is golf. And then is like, uh, he buys Happy's grandmother's house at the auction. He's like, touch me, and I burn it and piss on the ashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just a real a real asshole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my, favorite, my favorite golfer from uh, one of these movies. This is a really hard, I, I guarantee it was a lot harder for you than it was for me, but I come down to two. Um, I would agree that the Francis we met and Shia LaBeouf it does a really good job. Um, very Disney. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a it, it it puts you in the place where you are rooting for him, and you're supposed to be. I said you get to the end when his dad hands him, you know, the couple dollar bills yeah. to pay for his caddy. He said that doesn't hit you right in the feels every time. Right, I said I right. don't know what will. You're not human. You're scum. Uh, so I have two. It's either it's either Ty Webb from Caddyshack, and if it's not Ty Webb, then I think it has to be Roy McAvoy from Tin Cup. Um, I think maybe it's more Roy McAvoy. And I think it's mostly just because that character that we get from Kevin Costner, not to say that Kevin Costner's not a great actor, he's a great actor, but that specific, that niche, he plays it so well. He plays it there, and he plays it really well there. Um, it, it feels very um, Bull Durham. Yeah. Where yeah. He, he's, he's good, he knows he's good. It, it's not cocky, but there is some arrogance to it. There is some, it's fair to say there's some arrogance to oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, I just... And it's just... Uh, all all the, little, the little quirks and nuances, like the first time that Renee Russo shows up for that golf lesson and she's got all that shit... Oh, yeah, she she's got all the little swing the, aids. Yeah. And, and it's the, like the thing that connects her elbow to her the, hip. Yeah, the elbow. She's got the little hat yeah, dangler. And then, and then uh, after Roy gets the shanks, she, she comes to his trailer and he's... He make, he gives her such a hard time. He's like, he's, it he's all. like, I can't believe you bought all this shit. And then she comes to the trailer and he's wearing all of it. Oh yeah. And he's like, you. He basically tells her like, you fucked with my head, and now I got the shanks. Oh yeah. Now you can't control it. And, uh, <laughs> and I think one of my favorite parts of Roy McAvoy is you know he and David Sims go back and forth, back and forth, and he's caddying for Sims, and Sims refuses to go for the green. He's gonna lay up. And he challenges it's him. It's a charity, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. charity event. And in front of everybody, he challenges him to hit that shot with the three wood, you know, and he makes the shot. And Sims is like, well, nice shot. Uh, you're fired, asshole. You know, one of those things. And and they, and they have this back and forth through the whole movie, and it gets to the end. 
And McAvoy, you know, is one of those, hey, keep shooting pars, asshole. And Dave Sims goes, you know, I'll take 18 of them all day long. Yeah. And, you know, and that's there's this arrogance, do it and I'll own you. Yeah. You know, coming from McAvoy. Yeah. Well, and as somebody who, uh, you know, most of the time I can hit the ball fairly far. I, there's no telling where it's going to go. Usually not in the correct direction. But I, I kind of associate with that a little bit, like, Fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to haul off and try and whack it. And, and I, I think that's where most golfers connect to. I mean, <laughs> you have an 80-yard fairway right. that you can't hit, but you know, you're know you in between three trees. You have to hit it four feet off the ground for 100 yards, bank it off the shitter, and land it on the green. Most <laughs> right. golfers are like, yeah, I can pull that off. You know, yeah. I, I can hit that shot. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's where I, I, I come up with that one the most is, is we're probably Roy McAway. Uh Ty Webb is another good one. And and Ty Webb doesn't really have anything to do with this golf. I mean, there's the great scene where he is, uh, he's putting, is he blindfolded? I'm not sure if he's blindfolded mm. or if he's just closed, got his eyes closed. No, 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 no. Yeah, and he's just, it is, makes all of them. No, 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 Every no, single no, no. one of them. I think even one of them he hits with the back of his putter. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay. This is somebody who's spent a lot of, a lot of time on the fucking golf course. Yes. All right, so favorite golfer. Now let's take a swing at, take a swing, see that there? Take a swing at your favorite caddy, Jay. Favorite caddy. Um, I think, you know, that one goes back to Legend of Beggar Vance. It's got to be Will Smith in that um, that role. Even if it's in his mind, if it's real, you know, you're not really sure. But my one of my favorite scenes from that whole movie is, you know, when Randolph Jr. starts listening to Beggar Vance and he starts talking about, you know, inside each and every one of us is a true authentic swing, something we was born with, something that's ours and ours alone. And they're kind of taking a look at Bobby Jones and you can kind of see him just looking down the field, imagining all these different things kind of going through your head. Um, you know, something that can't be taught, can't be learned. It's got to be remembered. Over time, the world can rob us of that swing. It gets buried under all the wouldas and couldas and shouldas. And some folks even forget what their swing was like. And it's just, you know, it's one of those moments that, you know, I, I even think about that, you know, if I'm out hitting golf balls, it's that, you know, in one of those pressure moments, I said, you know, you've made this swing 10,000 times. So that one even resonates with me as a, as a, on the real golf course. So there you go. That would be my, you my favorite. Find, find that soundbite somewhere and put it, put it in the, the old AirPods there, Jay. Yeah, you, you could. <laughs> well, and I'm just picturing too, again, I haven't seen the film, but I need, I, I intend to watch it. Uh, Will Smith having a very, a very nice, low and soothing voice. Oh, it is. Tone yeah. It is. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah. Um, so mine that I'm, that my caddy that I'm going to go with, um, I can't think of the character's name and I don't know, I don't know if they give him a name. It would be, uh, it would be Happy Gilmore's caddy. Subway cracker guy. <laughs> um, his, his name in real life is Alan Covert. Um, but I could not tell you what his name is in Happy Gilmore. Um, and yeah, it's just because I mean, I don't think I, we didn't actually talk about this when we talked about it. But he 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 shows up and you know like you guys don't provide a caddy. He's like, no, you have to have a caddy. Or you or you're disqualified. And there was like a homeless dude that was trying to wash his windshield when he first pulled in, and he was like, leave him alone. He's just trying to make a few bucks. And he goes and gets that guy. And I mean, there's just so many good moments. I mean, he uh, <laughs> he throws when he makes the first putt. He throws the club, and he's not paying attention, and it hits him. Uh, there's the one that we talked about, where obviously, where he's, he doesn't have one of his shoes on. Um, there's the some of the other golfers are using change to mark their ball, and he keeps picking up the change. <laughs> he uses the cracker. 
Uh, there's the part where he is taking a, uh, he's bathing in one of the ponds. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and he, the, like Gilmore fires uh, the club uh, at him and he just like sticks his hand up yeah, and just like ninja yeah. catches it later. In the uh, and then there's like the, the very end where he gets grandma's house back and, uh, they're getting ready to move in and it, it's, he brings the caddy with him and he's yep. like in a tux. Oh yeah. And his hair's all slicked back and he looks like, doesn't look like a hobo anymore. So that's my favorite caddy i suppose and i don't even know his name jesus <laughs> the best of the rest best of the rest jay what do you got my my two that you know should be on the list uh, was you know i kind of went with one one more serious one kind of comedy uh but caddyshack i mean you could you could interchange anywhere in there and then the other one is the greatest game ever played those two are absolutely fantastic and chase as a teacher he will really appreciate this one the one that um, I've never actually seen the movie, but I've read the book, and they always say the book is better. Uh, but it's the Seven Days in Utopia, and reading the book is it you know it's another one of those books that you can actually take some real life lessons out of it from the story. And the, you know, with this story, it's about a kind of a golfer who's fallen on some hard times. He goes down to Utopia. He's in Texas, and he kind of meets this you know farmer, this rancher down there, and they start hitting golf balls. And this older fellow starts you know kind of sharing some wisdom with this guy. And then towards the end, um, you know, he's back out playing on tour. And so, you know, he kind of goes back. I'm not going to ruin the ending for you if you've never seen it. Is this no, um, is this film, is it is it based on true events? You know, the golfer's, I, the, the golfer's name is Luke Chisholm. Yeah, and I, I it's not a it name kinda, I know. It kind of plays, the, the film plays it off like, like it is. Um, in the film, um, when, so he's in the last putt, and then the movie cuts. Yep. And then it tells you to go to this website to see if yep. you made it or and, not. Yeah, and you, you go to the website, and of course, after reading the book, it's in the book too. Like, hey, he hits the putt, it's rolling, it's rolling. They don't tell you, and you're like, how do you end a book that way? Like, that's the worst ending of all time. And it's, you know, and as, as you go on there, he makes the putt. Okay. Um, he wins the tournament, and, you know, he beats. And I would say that the guy that he's playing in this tournament, you know, is this young phenom who can't be beat. That's, and I, uh, Taekwondo. And then uh, it's KJ Choi. K- KJ Choi yeah. is the actual guy who plays him. Yeah, and you know, and even in real life, you know, as I'm reading the book, I mean, the only name that came to mind was Tiger Woods. You know, <laughs> there's this young phenom, nobody can beat him. Yeah, and you know, it's like, well, I'm gonna take this down. So I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a I, yeah, real I, I story. It, but... it feels, it feels like it should be, but as someone who's not well versed in professional golf, I was like. I've never heard of the guy, but that doesn't mean that he's not. There's not some truth. Yeah, no, I haven't. Never heard of him. I I actually, and that's on, that's on my best. Of the rest too. Um, I'm trying to think of how I stumbled upon this film. Um, and there's only one thing we kind of talked about this the other day because you had mentioned about reading the book, and I was like, I saw the movie, but I don't know why I saw the movie. Yeah. I'm. I mean, it's got Lucas Black in it. Yeah, I I don't love golf, and I don't hate golf. So, but I'm not one to normally seek out golf films. Yeah, no. Um, so that's where I was like, I'm trying to think. And actually, I pinpointed where I saw it. I saw it because I, I knew I had seen it on the Golf Channel, which is odd for yeah. me because I don't, I don't frequent the Golf Channel. And actually, I don't even get the Golf Channel. Disappointing. Uh, you know where I saw it? I saw it in the hospital when my second daughter was born. It was, uh, like, the well, middle, shout out to it, it was like the middle of the night. In the middle of the night, uh, you know, the kid's waking up like every two to three hours. So you're asleep, but not really asleep. Um, obviously, my wife, who just had a child, was asleep, and rightfully so. Uh, but 
flipping through channels and I landed on this and I, yeah, I watched it and it, it did draw me in. Um, you know, this is a throwback to when Jacob King and I did this, the Super Bowl special. Uh, I really enjoyed Lewis Black, Lewis Black, Lucas Black, not Lewis Black, <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Black in Friday Night Lights and his portrayal of Mike Winchell. Um, and so I don't know that I caught it from the beginning. I think I had to have been really close. I think I got to the part where he, he crashes his car outside of Utopia. So like five minutes in, 10 minutes in. Um, and that, that from there, he's a good enough actor that it just kind of, um, it just kind of suckered me in yeah. and I watched it and, and it is a spiritual, it's a, a Christian film. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know the studio that made it. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's definitely got some, yeah. But yeah, like, Christian we, undertones like, to like, it like and... we talked about, um, it's about a lot more than golf. Uh, it's kind of more about like how to live your life and um, yeah, it's a good one. And it's got Robert Duvall as, as um, Johnny Crawford, uncle Johnny is what they call him. Um, and he, you find out that he was basically in the same, he was basically in Lucas Black's shoes at one point in time. He was a great golfer. He struggled uh, in the, in the film, he struggled with alcohol. Um, kind of let the de- he, demons he, get the, the best demons, of him. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, Lucas Black's demons were, uh, just like anger, like once he got pissed, it just all fell apart. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was your what was your other best rest? Um, you know, I had Caddyshack on there. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, that was the other one, and it it easily should have been on the top. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a classic film. There's so. not not enough room for everything. Uh, the other one, this isn't a this isn't a film, but um, I am an avid Simpsons fan, and one of the one of the episodes that comes to mind is it's called Dead Putting Society. It's got to be like season two and this makes me i'm a huge simpsons fan so if i can't narrow down the season it's early season it's either two or three i'm gonna say i'm gonna say three uh bart simpson and todd flanders uh end up having a putting uh 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 they play a a putt-putt tournament season two it is season two episode six i knew it was early it's very early uh, they end up having a putting tournament because Homer and Ned fight over whose son is better. The loser has to wear has to mow their neighbor's lawn in their wife's Sunday best. And it comes <laughs> down to where Bart has a very human moment, which doesn't happen very often on The Simpsons, uh, and they call it a tie. So both Ned and Homer end up mowing each other's lawn in their wife's Sunday best. Oh, I do enjoy that, yeah. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, that's the thing about golf movies. I think it's kind of like regular golf, anyways. You got the people that are super serious about playing golf. We'd be a person more like me, and you, know, you get some of these movies. And then you got the other side, their absolute comedy. Who you know, guys that like to go out there for three, four hours and just kind of have fun. And I would say that's more of Chase's style. You know, I mean, it's. I mean, I like to have fun. Golf isn't always fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because as someone who has has struggled at golf quite a bit. I have noticed that I've tried a lot of different things oh, in yeah. golf. I used to be one of those people who went up and tried and took like five practice swings. Um, and then for a very long time, I, went, I refused to practice swing. I just hit it because it was like the more you practice swing and you thought about it, like the shittier <laughs> it went. And so I just became a person who was like, nope, you just go up and you hit it. Yep, step up, you, just yep, hit it. Just step up and hit it. I mean, I will so, say it's probably – the most humbling game there is. I mean, you can feel like you're on top of the world. You can't do anything wrong. And then all of a sudden you can't do anything right. It makes me think of Robin Williams live on Broadway when he's talking about how they invented golf. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Or he's like, 
He's like, what should we call it? It's called a stroke, because when, when you miss, you're gonna feel, you feel like you're going to have a fucking stroke and die. So, yeah, that's what it makes me think of. All right, so uh, Thursday. Thursday morning. 85th Masters. Jay is eagerly awaiting. This is this is Christmas Day for Mr. Soderbergh here. This is this this three week stretch of March Madness right into the Masters. This is about TV gold for me. And opening day. Yeah, opening day baseball was just this week, April first. Is it normally? Uh, is it normally this early? Uh, yeah, it's usually right around okay. right around the beginning of I didn't April. Know COVID. So I yeah, no, no. So, uh, it's, so it's at at Augusta. Who who's uh, who, who you got? Who's gonna win? You know, man, I'm I'm gonna give you three different options. Um, you know, if you're out there for your betting sake, you you may want to take my advice. You may not. Uh, but you know, guy that it, we're, it's, we're gonna need some statistics. What's your win loss look like? Here? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I've won more money than I've lost, so well, you know, you I'm successful there. Uh, you know, the guy that won it last year, he's having the champions dinner tonight. It's Tuesday. Um, you know, had uh, a great run. He shot 20 under there. It was Dustin Johnson. But I, I just don't see him going back-to-back in a you know five-month stretch. The guy that I really want to see win it is Rory McIlroy. Uh, with, with the win, would give him the career grand slam, and I believe that he'd be the only fifth guy to ever get the career grand slam. So my pick this week, I was looking towards John Rahm. Uh, I just had a baby, though, last Saturday, so I feel like his mind is going to be a little bit preoccupied. Everybody likes Bryson and his giant driver. I think the Greens... And the golf gods are just going to smite him there. They're, they're just not going to let him win yet. Smote me, almighty smiter. Do you know, I'm going to throw some, some trivia your way. And it's not to be a stumper, but I was just curious. The last time somebody won back-to-back. No, but I, my guess would be either Tiger Woods or Nick Faldo. So it is. I, I think you're, you're correct on both. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Tiger Woods, 0102. And then, yeah, uh, Nick Faldo was 90-89. Yeah. But uh, my pick is John Rahm. Uh, not that I follow golf, because I, I mean, I, I listen to a couple of different sports podcasts where uh, they, people who host the podcast avidly bet on golf, so I hear quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going with John Rahm only because uh, we typically how we pick the order in our, our fantasy football draft is we each have to pick a golfer in the Masters and how they finish is. Or you get your pick. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, Mr. Rom there uh, took it home for me. I mean, he didn't win, but of the golfers that were picked, he placed the highest. So, and yeah. that was a disastrous draft for me. So. Yeah, well, see, sometimes you know you make old, old David Johnson who broke his pinky. Like, what? How far were we in? About two games, uh, three games. Uh, it was first game. Was it? He, I yeah. think it was like second quarter. Well, yeah. The only time I ever got the first pick, I got Adrian Peterson, and he whipped his son, and that was it for that. So. <laughs> Uh, not a lot of luck here with either of us with that early first round pick. So, so this has been this has been the golf episode here. Um, Jay, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Jay is going to come back and we're going to do baseball. We're going to do we're going to do top five baseball movies. We're going to move it to five because there's obviously a lot more baseball movies than there are golf movies. Uh, but Jay's going to come back and we're going to hit it up again. Uh, thank you. Yeah, appreciate. Enjoy, it. enjoy listening. Love listening to the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Had a great time. Gold jacket. Who gives a shit? That was fun! <laughs> <laughs>